How many of you guys were here when Ben talked about spiritual formation? Cool. I think so. Um, yeah, so we kind of want to answer the question this morning is, in our, in our following Jesus, in our spiritual formation, what is Jesus' vision of prayer? What did he do? Um, if you weren't here for Ben's talk about spiritual formation, he kind of gave like a pretty brief overview. But the kind of the, the crux or the center of spiritual formation is we want to be like Jesus, right? We want to do what Jesus did. Um, when you gave your life to Christ, whether that, whatever that conversion process looked like, you were signing up to be a disciple of a person, and his name is Jesus, and he lived life, and he gave teachings, and just like his early disciples followed him around and did all the things that he did, we now have the challenge and the opportunity to model our lives after him. And so, um, throughout the book of Luke, there are a lot of like small verses that Luke kind of interjects into his gospel. Um, if you don't know, like the gospel accounts are not like, sometimes I think the gospels is like play by plays, you guys know what I mean? They're like, every second of Jesus' life was recorded. Uh, but that's not what was happening, unfortunately. That'd be cool. But it's kind of like you've got, a, you've got like a long period of Jesus' life, you know, a few years, and um, you've got these gospel writers who are trying to pick out little stories to like tell a specific story to the appointed audience. And so throughout the book of Luke, you know, Luke's, he, he's choosing intentionally what he's including in this gospel and what he's not including. And, um, if you read throughout the Gospels, we're not going to go through all of it, but there's all these little references to Jesus. Constantly, they'll say, like, it's early in the morning, and Jesus went to the mountain to pray. Um, or, he preached to the crowd, and then fled to an isolated place to pray. Um, or, like, in Luke, I think, 22, yeah, it says, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. And there he told them, Pray that you're not getting temptation. And again, it says, each evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. And so, even though we're not getting, like, like I said, every moment and every day of Jesus' life, Luke is kind of painting a picture of, like, Jesus was praying a lot. <laughs> he was taking a lot of time to retreat and pray. This was part of his daily lifestyle. And so, and then we have to look at his teachings, of course. So we want to kind of answer that question this morning. Like, in Jesus' life, what is his vision of prayer for his disciples? Um, and these two passages are kind of like the two, the two times Jesus talks about prayer. And, you know, there are other parables and other teachings that you could definitely apply to prayer. Um, but these ones, he's like explicitly talking about prayer. And so, um, yeah, we just want, let's just have a conversation just here. I don't know, what are some things that stuck out to you guys in these two passages? What are some things that maybe challenged you or um, maybe made you think a little bit? Uh, or and then yeah, like, let's also try to answer that question of like what what is Jesus trying to uh, build in terms of the framework for like what our spiritual life should look like in terms of in terms of prayer? So uh, who wants to go first? Can you repeat that? I wasn't. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so, so just want to kind of hear from the groups, like what, what things stuck out to you in your reading of each passage. Um, and then also just like kind of maybe answer the question, if you, if you feel like you can, of like what, is, what do you think Jesus is trying to teach us in terms of uh, what our prayer life should look like, our, our, yeah, our spiritual life in, in prayer. Um, and then, yeah, and also just remind us like which passage you had so that we're all on the same page. Of persistent in prayer, and so that is very challenging to me today. Yeah. 
So I actually love that key said that. Because when we're talking about like what I was gonna miss that too. Um, when, G, when we're talking about what is Jesus' vision for our prayer life, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when Brad was talking about just like different forms of prayer, right? Um, for those of you who are here. There are a lot of different forms of prayer. And so, you know, if you're someone like me, like personally, I like really gravitate sort of like case and towards like contentment and more like contemplative prayer, um, you know, just like being with God, processing my life, um, whatever that looks like, you know, it's just like that, that is prayer. And that is, um, it's really important and it's really good. And I'm not trying to say one's like lesser than the other, but we have to take into account, like he said, like when Jesus teaches about prayer, two, two instances he teaches about prayer in the scriptures, and both times he's using this, um, yeah, this, this parable to talk about persistence and asking for things. And so how many of you guys feel like, I know I kind of grew up with the notion like asking for things in prayer was like, kind of like bad or like lower than <laughs> contentment for some reason, which like maybe there's some truth in that. Um, do you guys like understand that? What I mean by that is kind of just like stop asking God for things, you know? Um, and it's like, well, read the scriptures. Jesus is like pretty clear, like you need to ask me for some things and you need to like keep asking me. Um, and so when we're talking about our prayer life, you know, it's like we're not obviously just, that's not just the only thing that Jesus I think, models for us in prayer throughout the scriptures. But when he teaches about it, you know, two times, he models both times this, um, or teaches both times this this person, whether it's the widow or the man searching for bread at the other guy's house, of just kind of like a stubborn persistence of asking, and, and to keep asking and keep asking. And he lands it with the question of when the Son of Man comes back, is he going to find people who are, who are full of faith and still asking? Um, yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute. So we read um, chapter 11, Mark, Luke chapter 11. And um, remarked on the persistence, you know, because in the Amplified in, in the, um, in the uh, Passion Translation, it kind of accentuates the persistence. And in a mentioned how um, Wynn is really good at being persistent. It's very childlike, you know, he wants and needs something, he does not stop. And she's like, we're trying to kind of reduce his persistence. And we look at this like, um, when children come to us and they're just like incessant, like the old way of looking at that was, this is bad behavior and we don't want to reward it. <laughs> So you almost don't give it, you know? Um, and the Lord has, like, shown me in parenting to find the yes for my children, you know, that I can give them and when I can't give them what they're actually asking for. And the thoughts that this brought to me is I feel like Jesus teaches us oftentimes for our own benefit rather than because this is how God is. It's like I am both the person asking and I am the person asleep in bed. And when I ask, it's like waking, waking something up inside of myself until I'm asking in faith, if that makes any sense to you. It's like 
my persistence in asking is actually awakening something inside of me that is apathetic, that is almost double-minded. In, in um, James it says, but when you ask, you know, it's talking about asking for wisdom there, but you can apply it to all kinds of asking, but when you ask, it, ask in faith nothing wavering, you know, because But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So when we're persistent, we are like becoming single-minded about what we want, about what we're asking from God. And for me also, I feel like it's awakening faith in myself that's sleeping. Yeah, actually, I asked that question kind of more broadly. Like, well, first of all, how many of you guys feel challenged by what Jesus is saying here about kind of stubbornness and persistence? How many of that, like, kind of, I'll be honest, it kind of messes with me, like, theologically. I'm kind of like, that feels a little wrong in some ways. Um, just because it's truthful. Um, but why do you think Jesus is placing such a high emphasis on persistence? Like, what do you think? Like, why is he? I mean, twice he's teaching this, so obviously it's pretty critical to him. Um, he thinks it's important. So why do you think twice he's he's highlighting this area of persistence? Yeah. So I looked up the word um, faith, and the Latin of it is, uh, I'm going to put it but fidem. <laughs> um, and it means to trust. And so like, I think a persistence in prayer and asking for things builds up our trust in God and like what he's doing and like what he knows. And, um, I think it's almost just like practicing like trusting that his righteousness is better and more righteous than what we would think righteousness is um, I was just going to mention, um, I know there's a passage in Revelation where it talks about, and this is just one puzzle piece, but there's like, bowls in heaven that like, basically collect the prayers of the saints and they get to a certain point and then they tip, and that's, there's a release of something. So, um, I'm just going to reinforce that concept. There's, You asked why the emphasis on persistence. Um, it occurred to me while someone was reading this that, okay, so I'm thinking about Leland and how he will ask like, without even a pause in between his asking, can I have it, can I have it, can I have it, can I have it, can I But I think that sometimes, well, a lot of times, we have to tell him that we can't have this thing right now. And he doesn't understand like, why not? Why can't I have this thing? You know, he'll just keep on asking. And 
and it does evidence a lack of faith in the grown-ups around him. Um, Jesus um, knows that he knows the whole situation, and he knows that there are going to be a lot of times we don't get what we want right away, or we don't even get what we want, and he knows why. And he's working on, he's like, he's got this whole big project, right, of redeeming the world, redeeming the people for himself. Um, and so he's, he's kind of putting us on notice that we will need the persistence because we will not always get what we want right away. But saying, I am not that neighbor who won't get up. I am your heavenly father who wants to give you the good things. Um, so... Yeah, and the widow is asking for justice. Well, we all want justice, don't we? Right now. Um, but we we don't see justice right now, but we will eventually. So this idea of continuing persevering is something that Jesus knows that we will need because he sees the whole big picture. So when you ask why, I think in both these passages, it's because he wants to give. He wants, he's showing us how to receive because he wants to, to give to us. And he wants to give us justice and he wants to give us good things, you know. And so don't lack faith, don't lack trust that I'm going to come through for you. You know, in the same way that you would do this in an unjust situation, do this in this justice situation, because that's the kind of persistence that's going to release me to give you what you want. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna add on to. Yeah, I was just gonna add on to kind of what I was saying before. It's just uh, sometimes we're supposed to battle through it too. It's not that God doesn't just. You know, he's ready to give stuff to us, but this is in Daniel 10. Uh, Daniel 10, verse 12, it says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come to, in response to them. But the prince um, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns the time yet to come. So, I mean, sometimes we just have to battle through it. It's not that God doesn't want to give that thing to us, but he's also given us authority on this earth, and it's our job to, I guess, walk out what God has placed in our heart in prayer, you know, keep battling for that. So. I think persistence in a weird way relates to almost like the same idea of fasting. When you fast for something, you're like denying other things and that builds up like this muscle of no, like saying no to different things, like denying your desire. And then persistence is like the opposite. It's like, no, bringing your desire to the Lord and constantly laying it down on his feet in a way that almost produces that contentment of being like, this is, I'm giving this, I'm giving it away, like, this desire I'm laying at your feet, and I'm asking it, and I'm earnestly desiring that you move. And I think there's something like, 
that builds up in you that, that maybe it produces faith, maybe it produces endurance. And yeah, there's something cool that happens there. Yeah, it's really good. Everyone said, um, yeah, I feel like hmm, I want to share kind of a quick story, funny story. Um, like probably three years ago, I um, I ran a five k. <laughs> how many guys ever? How many guys run five k's like regularly? Doug, <laughs> Dan, Turkey Trap. Um, yeah, I ran a 5K probably like three or four years ago, and I used to play soccer, and so I was like, this, this will come back, I promise. But I used to play soccer, and uh, I wasn't like super great ball skills, but I could, I could run. That was like the thing I was good at, I just run. And so, you know, it had like been a few years since I played soccer, and I joined this 5K, and I was like, I'm going to crush this 5K, like, I'm going to kill it. And it's like under, what is it, what's the goal, like 21 minutes or something? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to get under 21, I'm just going to go for it. So I get to this 5K and I'm just like booking it. And like halfway through, I realize like, wow, I'm not the soccer player I was three years ago. <laughs> but I'm like determined in here, like I'm gonna do this. And so I did it, I like get to the end and I'm like, great, I did it under like 22 or 25, whatever it was. And I was like feeling good about it. And then the next day I woke up and I like literally couldn't move. I was like, <laughs> I had burned myself like so thin. I was like, I'm, cause I never, I don't run consistently. I just like, I just 5k and then like nothing and then like a year later another 5k and nothing and um <laughs> at another time I was playing soccer like with these guys in Boston it was like pick up and I played for like three hours and I played soccer in like two years and the next day I like I remember literally like lifting my leg to go up the stairs like with my arm because my legs were so sore and I was like but I realized I was like I'm not actually a good athlete like I'm not a good athlete if this is like how I exercise my athletics, it's just like these spectacular one-shot moments once a year where I just like send it and then I'm, and then I do nothing for 364 days <laughs> and then I like go for it again and then it's like that's not really making me a healthy person or a good athlete and so I had to like kind of flip a switch of like if I want to be a, a healthy like good athlete and a good runner I need to like cultivate some sort of vision for endurance and persistence and learn how to do this like every day and not just like when the 5k comes up, you know? And I, honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I fear, like, I kind of do the same thing with my prayer life. It's like, we have, like, you know, it's like, nothing, 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 life crisis, three hours of prayer. Nothing, 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 nothing. <laughs> uh, prayer worship weekend, 10 hours in the prayer room, and then it's like, nothing, 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 nothing. And, like, God meets us, like, God is kind, right? He meets us in our life crisis and in our 10 hour worship weekend. Um, and, you know, I thank God for those moments, but uh, it's like in that, am I really modeling the, the type of prayer that Jesus uh, modeled in his life? Am I really being a disciple of Jesus in that way if I'm not crafting some sort of vision for my life that is uh, a consistent, persistent prayer life uh, rather than these kind of spectacular moments? And so um, I feel like Maybe the elephant in the room a little bit with this passage, at least for me, is kind of like, Jesus gives some pretty lofty promises here, right? He's like, whatever you ask, you're going to receive. Whatever you seek, you're going to find. If you knock, the door will be opened. And it's kind of like, man, that is 
challenging for me because, like Katie just shared this morning, there are times when we pray and it's like, man, God shows up. You know, Jesse had cancer. She's healed. And it's like, that's amazing. There are times we pray and it's just like, it doesn't happen. And I think it's really easy to read a passage like this and be like, make it formulaic. You know, it's like, okay, Jesus said if I like do X, Y, Z, it's going to produce like this result. And it's just like, it's not always working that way. And um, I wish I had an answer for you of like, <laughs> why does God answer these prayers? And why does God not answer these prayers? Or like, why does this person get healed if this person doesn't get healed? It's like, I, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is like when Jesus talks about prayer, he like asks the question of like, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? And like, that's my responsibility. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not, um, like that's our responsibility and our subject to him is like, are, are we practicing persistence and when he returns, is he going to find people full of faith? Or is he going to find people who are like trying to figure out why he didn't answer a prayer? You know, like why this person didn't get healed or why this person didn't happen? It's just like, we don't know. God is God. Um, but but the question remains, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And so, that is challenging for me. And how many of you guys were here when John talked about, I mean, he talked for like three weeks, but he talked about um, uh, buying oil. How many of you guys were? Cool. He talked, he kind of framed this whole thing around the story of, uh, of ten virgins who some had oil in their lamps, some didn't, and when the day of Christ's return came, uh, some were, the, the five who didn't were kind of like asking the wise virgins, like, what, can we have some of your oil because, you know, the bridegroom's here and the lamps be burning. And he kind of took all of this stuff that we're talking about and said, the challenge for us here is not to try and figure out, like, you know, the signs of the times of when is Christ returning, how can we, like, figure out the day and the hour, but the challenge for us is to cultivate an enduring love. And that phrase, enduring love, resonated with me so much because I think even in this, like, passage about prayer, this is what Jesus is, like, challenging his followers to it's like not to figure it out not to even like find a way to get results you know like that's not Jesus' end goal here I don't think but it's about us like cultivating an enduring love and a prayer life that is full of faith right and because the question when all of this is over it's like the question remains like when the son of man comes is he going to find faith on the earth when he looks among us is he going to find people who are persistent or is he going to find people who like gave up and it's like, for being honest, like a lot of my prayer life is, like I said, it's it's like this, and it's like full of faith, give up, full of faith, <laughs> and uh, it's like, um, and that's like God has grace for that. And I'm not trying to like condemn anyone who's like not, I don't know, praying consistently all the time. The beginning of this year, I was like, I was like so set. I was like, I'm gonna have the best prayer life this year. I'm gonna intercede ten minutes a day. That was my goal, and I've missed it like. I maybe nail it like once a week, <laughs> and and it's like you know that's that's not where I want to be. But the point is like when, when we're crafting our kind of vision for uh, like what our discipleship of Jesus looks like, I think when we talk about prayer, there needs to be an element of it that includes persistent asking. And so in my life, you know, there have been things like that I've seen God do. Um, even like in the past year, it's like 
me and a friend prayed for something, and like six months later, eight months later, it's like, wow, God, God did this thing, and I didn't even like see a way for it to happen. Um, there are other things, like I have a family member who I've been praying for their salvation for like four years, and God knows my mom's been praying for them for longer than that. <laughs> um, God bless her. And, and like, it hasn't happened, and I don't know why, but my responsibility here as like a follower of Jesus is to just like, it's just to keep asking. And I think like when we kind of, or at least for me personally, like the reason I don't pray persistently is because I don't have things to pray for that require persistence. Does that make sense? It's like Jesus talks about like, uh, like will not God give justice to his elect who crowds him day and night? And so there comes an element of like when we pray, we need to find some things to like latch onto and say, God, we need you to move in this area. And it's gonna take a long, a lot of like effort for me. It's, it needs to be a miracle. Um, because like there's no other way it can happen. And so I think that's why Jesus highlights this idea of justice on the earth, because it's just like we can't really do that in our own power. Like we can try and, and we can make efforts and that's great, but we need God to like intervene in certain areas. And so Kind of this morning as we're ending, I want us to just like break back up into our groups and kind of find a couple things that we're like, kind of just think of like long-term prayer things that you're trying to get God to answer. Maybe it's like, like for me, it's like I've got a couple people in my life, I'm just like praying for their salvation. And that's like a great place to start. Maybe, um, maybe there's like an area of influence or sphere of society that like really, uh, burdens your heart, maybe, I don't know, something like adoption or sex trafficking and something like that, that like, you, it's so big and enormous that you don't really know how to um, approach this thing outside of persistent prayer. Um, maybe it's something smaller, like, even within this community or something like that. But I want us to just kind of like, maybe like think of even just one of those things and just like share it. Um, with the people in your group and just like take some time and just begin to pray for these things. Um, I have, so I've been praying for my family members. I have friends who like always ask me like, what is something you've been praying for? And um, I have this friend, <laughs> his name's JC. Literally every time I see him, he's like, hey man, I'm praying for your family member. He's gonna be like, he's gonna, he's gonna come to faith. I'm like, bro, I haven't talked to you about that in like a year. Um, but you remember, <laughs> you're like so, but that fills me with courage, right? Because I'm like, oh man, like, I'm not like alone in this like long-term persistent battle to, to see the, um, to see God give justice to, to his people, right? Like it's not just me doing this thing, but there are people who are joining me in that. And so kind of as we end here, I want us to just like break up into our groups again and just think of a couple of things. It doesn't have to be big. It can be one person be one person that we're just like praying for um, their salvation. I know there's probably people in this room who, uh, I know for a fact that people in this room who have relationships with people in this town <laughs> and we're praying for them to come to Jesus. I won't say their names, but um, I know for a fact that's <laughs> happening. Yeah, we're still in small groups. Um, uh, so does that make sense, everyone? Cool. Let's do it.